0: This week on the Dylan and Dylan show, the out-of-the box draft returns with a special NBA 75 list starting five. The question and answer gets into spring football and the roughest places to play in college basketball. And the main topics conclude with how to fix all-star games in professional sports. This week in sports is looking forward to the second half of the NBA season, as well as picks for Murray State versus Belmont, Gonzaga versus St. Mary's, and the Warriors versus the Mavericks. to the dylan and dylan show happy to be with you on this thursday february 24th edition of the dylan and dylan show happy to be back with you dylan jesperson here alongside of course as always dylan Holt. dylan how are you doing today
1: I'm doing fantastic, and this is a special Thursday edition because we couldn't record Thursday night because I am going to be in Murray, Kentucky at the CFSB Center for the biggest basketball game of the season. I'll say it. The Murray State Racers welcome in Belmont for a huge game. The OVC Championship is basically on the line uh, in that matchup at 8 p.m. Uh, Thursday night in Murray, Kentucky. Very, very excited to be there to root on the racers and what has just been a remarkable season get to watch juice hill tevin brown carter collins kj williams and dj burns go to war with belmont one more time they they won in nashville for the first time ever uh in january so hoping for a similar result tomorrow but yeah uh very very excited for this special thursday edition of the dylan and dylan show how are you doing
0: doing pretty good i'm happy to be here excited for the thursday edition we are essentially a murray state podcast so felt right to move our schedule around that way we can get the full topics uh Moved around here and excited to get into it. A reminder to follow Tunnel Vision Sports wherever you get podcasts, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Or even YouTube so you can catch our new Roundtable podcast that came out just recently. Uh, We are going to get out of the box again today. We're starting with an out-of-the-box draft related to the 75th anniversary of the NBA and the NBA 75 list. We're going to draft a starting five of players that are on that NBA 75 list. Pretty self-explanatory if you watch the All-Star Game uh, Top 75 Guys if you remember, the top 50 guys were uh, listed in the 50th anniversary. They added 25 more guys, and now we've got a list of 75 guys to pick from and draft a starting lineup from. So I thought it would be an easy one to get into. Dylan's got the coin. We're getting of into course. it. I'm following in the wise wo- words of Devin Bush. It's got to be tails. You never pick heads. There it is. That's tails. I love it. I'm going to take the first pick
1: that's a good, that's a good choice.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take the first pick and with the first pick, I think it's an easy one. I'm going to go with MJ in this one because uh, it's just the go. It's, it's a one or the other pick. And I really, honestly, I probably should have just given you the first pick because it's really, I don't care who I get in this first pick. I really, it really matters farther down in the draft where I can build my team around uh, MJ in the two slot rather than LeBron in the three slot. So, happy to have MJ in my first pick. Pretty self-explanatory. I don't need to go over the numbers with anyone. Uh, I think I'd be beating the dead horse. I'll throw it to you for your uh, first two picks. With
1: my first pick, I I figured you'd go Michael Jordan, but uh, with my first pick, I'm going to go out of St. Vincent, St. Mary High School in Akron, Ohio. i am going with my small forward, LeBron James. Uh, LeBron became the NBA's all-time leading scorer over postseason and regular season games. Like, last week it was not long ago at all that he he passed kareem and jabbar i mean it's lebron like like you said it doesn't need much explanation as to why i'm picking lebron here he he's the guy that's been my he was my michael jordan he's been our michael jordan through our lives and it's just he's the man he obviously was going to be one of the top two picks so yeah lebron's going to be the the key part of my team the number one pick for me uh for my second pick i'm gonna go for another guy that went to the NBA straight out of high school. I'm looking at my two guard position. I'm going with Kobe Bryant. I I think uh, with you taking Jordan, I I wanted to get my two guard, go ahead and knock it out of the way. Uh, And I think Kobe's the guy that comes in right behind Jordan. He's a guy that you see those montages on Twitter and social media where it's like Kobe just modeled his game after Michael and, he was Kobe. Like, he was obviously amazing. Um, we obviously, since Kobe passed tragically not long ago, we've seen uh, so many great things come out about him. His teammates talking so great about him. We we get reminded of him almost daily, which is awesome. We get to remember how how great Kobe truly was. So adding Kobe to my, to my team, very, very excited to have that. Got the Black Mamba and King James, my verse two picks. I'll throw it to you for your next two.
0: Yeah. Both those guys are great picks and both those guys in their time were the MJ of the league. So I can't complain with either of those two picks. Uh, again, just happier having MJ in my two slots to fill out the rest of my team with my second pick. Uh, I'm going to fill out my center spot. I think the center position is one of the more loaded positions, but I want to get my the right one in there. You mentioned him earlier. I'm going with Kareem. Uh, that's the guy that LeBron just passed not too long ago, and it's it's Kareem all day. I mean, th- when you talk about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, at one point in his career, they had to ban dunking from the college basketball because it, he was just too good at it. It seemed, it seemed unfair to the rest of the nation. Uh, and then that just made him develop an unblockable skyhook shot that he used to score the most points in NBA history until LeBron came around. Uh, But Kareem, I think when you think about the best centers in the NBA, I don't think anyone tops him. Even there's a few guys that maybe uh, might pop off the page more, but Kareem is just that guy. So I'm going to go with Kareem with that pick. Happy to have him in my center spot with my next pick. I'm going to fill out my power forward slot and there's no better power forward than tim duncan people don't realize uh and even people our age don't realize how good tim duncan was but uh, he is by far the best power forward that's ever played in the nba just so good for so long on the best franchise for so many years and just consistent every year you look at that basketball reference page it's scary consistent how good that man was and all the way to the end of his career and uh if you're gonna if you're gonna give me a chance to get the best center and the best power forward, I'm gonna have to take it. Put them next to MJ. Uh, I'll take uh Tim Duncan and Kareem. I'll throw it to you for your next two picks.
1: Yeah, I, I like both those picks a lot. I had Kareem obviously on my list. Obviously, Tim Duncan was my number one power forward. Uh, Tim's the man at power forward. And he doesn't get the respect he deserves for whatever reason. Um, with you going the big guys, I think I'm gonna slide over to point and I'm gonna get my first choice at point, And I'm gonna go. With the guy that I listed at second, but with the team I have right now, I'm going to pick him first, and that's Stephen Curry from Davidson College and obviously uh, plays for the Golden State Warriors. Steph's the greatest shooter of all time, and if if I'm playing this like, oh, we have to put a team on the court, I want Steph there for the spacing and the shooting that he provides alongside Kobe and LeBron, who can also shoot the rock a little bit, but Steph is on a different planet with literally anyone else when it comes to shooting. Uh, he, he's going to go down as the greatest shooter of all time. And he very well might catch, uh, magic Johnson as being the greatest point guard of all time. It's, it's just time will tell with how, uh, Steph's pl- career plays out. Cause he's still got, he's still probably got some years uh, left in him. Now I think I'm going to go with my center and yeah, I'm going to go center. And I'm going to go from Louisiana State University, Big Diesel, Superman, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, Shaq was my my first spot for center. Uh, the way I kind of laid it out in my notes, I had a first choice, a second choice, and a third choice. And Shaq was my guy as my first choice. I just, when I think of centers, like, I agree, Kareem's probably, when you break it down, Kareem's probably the guy that's like, he has to get the nod for best center of all time. But I think Shaq's just He's the guy that I think of when I think of centers. He's the he's the prototypical – not the prototypical big man. There's no one like Shaq. But it's like it's what you want in your big man, just someone that just dominates. And I, I remember when the 30 for 30 came out about the Orlando Magic and getting to see Shaq's highlights from when he was in Orlando. I was like, oh, my God. Shaq wasn't always like this just like, ob- like obnoxiously large human being. He like was cut and like could run down the court. And I like, was like, oh, my God, this is insane. Uh, so, yeah, Shaq – uh, He's just incredible. And like hearing guys that played in the league talk about how he might have been the most dominant player ever when when he was at the top of his game that automatically shoots up my list and to add him on a team alongside LeBron and Kobe and Steph can't pass that up. So yeah, going big diesel and Steph. Uh, who do you have for your point guard?
0: Yeah. My final two and picks. Forward, yeah. Yeah. Point guard and small forward. Yeah. Obviously love those two picks. Steph was my first pick at point guard, uh, but I'm not going to be mad about who I have to take. And then uh, like you said, Shaq is like a created 2k player. If you had to create a center like that's Shaq is the way you kind of uh, lean towards and you just realize how rare it is to have a guy like that, that just is so dominant down low. That's just unguardable and offense and just dominant on defense uh loves those two picks obviously uh for i'll it really doesn't matter what order i go in for both for my point guard I'll, I'll take the other one i'll take magic johnson he's obviously got a michigan tie obviously grew up here and uh, uh, went to michigan state but magic is the man at, at point guard and obviously steph is the new version and the new age and what we think of as point guards nowadays but magic uh is like when we see what Giannis and those types of guys do, that's what magic was doing back in the eighties. That's how groundbreaking magic's game was back then. And that's, it's really taken year, 20 or so years to find replicas of it. It's now the little bronze and those types of guys have made his game look kind of, kind of old, but it still could fit in with the NBA today. I mean, I think, Uh, if there's any all-time great that could transfer their game into the NBA today, uh, given all the tools and given all the training, I think it would be magic Johnson. So happy to have him at my point guard spot and at my three spot, uh, maybe a little bit controversial. I'm going KD. I'm going Kevin Durant in my three spot. I think he's the second best small forward behind LeBron James. And really you could say he's the best pure small forward because LeBron is such a versatile player. I, I hate to say LeBron's just a small forward, but KD is right there. And I think maybe the best scorer in NBA history in terms of what he can do now as an elite three-point shooter. You talk about Kareem's unblockable hook shot. KD's got that from the three-point shot. Like that's basically what KD is. And he's got so much more to his offensive game. Uh, I think KD is just prototypical what you want from a new age, small forward. Uh, And I think he's been doing it for a long time and i'm happy to give him a shine he's got he's got the titles to back it up now he's got the mvp uh i think he's one of the all-time greats top 10 in the league, top 10 all time i think so happy to have him on my team i'll throw it to you for your last few picks
1: yeah i like both those picks obviously magic i had magic as my number one point guard and i i decided to go with steph just with who i have and then katie was number two for me at small forward and as he deserves because i'm right there with you i think he's probably the second best small forward ever uh power forward i saved it for last because this is the one i struggle with the most because i had tim duncan as number one i was like if tim duncan's available obviously gonna take tim duncan but after that i kind of struggled i think i'm gonna go with as as long as you allow this because this guy i don't know what position he plays because i i watch him all the time and i I'm like you could say he plays whatever. I'm going with Giannis. And I, I think it's fair to list him as a four.
0: That was my number two at, at four. So I'm okay. more than happy with you taking okay. it. Okay.
1: I had Giannis as my number three on, on at the four because I didn't know if he was a four. I had Dirk behind Tim Duncan, but I wanted to go with Giannis. So I'm gonna go with Giannis. Um, Giannis is like 26 or 27 years old, and the fact that he's even on this list is insane. Uh, the things we've seen him do in the past year. Is just it's remarkable. Uh he's getting better by the day, which is insane. Uh he he's gonna go down. He he has a really good shot of getting up there in that top 10, the top five, even like Giannis is on such a rocket for his trajectory of his career that he he's incredible. And that's like just talking about like his potential and he's an MVP and a several time defensive player of the year, a finals MVP, a, ch- a champion, like he's done it all. Um, and he's so young still, it's really, really exciting to see what Giannis is going to do. And adding him to a team of Shaq, LeBron, Kobe, and Steph is insane. Uh, very, very happy to get Giannis because that man, if you, if you're a long time listener, you know, Giannis is a silly goose. And I became a big fan of Giannis over the summer. So I'm really, really happy to add Giannis to my team, of uh, my NBA 75 starting five. um, DJ, did you have any alternates that didn't make it?
0: Absolutely. Uh, obviously, had a couple of your guys, LeBron, uh, Steph, written down. Obviously, Giannis was my second at the four spot. Uh, Wilt was my number two at the center spot. All the same reasons for Shaq, but just a, a little bit before his time. But uh, obviously, if you look at the NBA record book, Will Chamberlain is written all over it. Uh I had AI written down. If you ended up getting the first pick and taking MJ, uh I, I think he is the second best shooting guard. And it's really like a tough list after that. I mean uh, Kobe obviously is right there with him, but I think AI was just like, I don't know. He had something special when we were younger. uh, And obviously I I think I have a special attachment to him for other reasons, but um, AI was on there. And then I also had Shaq. obviously, Isaiah Thomas would have been fun to to draft if I had to CP three, Steve Nash. I wanted to kind of like, I love Steve Nash. I think, Back in the day, anyone that grew up in our time frame was a, a big Steve Nash fan. And I, read down, I wrote down Dave Bing because he was not only on this list, but he was the mayor of Detroit for a little bit. So I had wanted to give him a shout out. Uh, any alternates that didn't make your list.
1: I'm really glad you brought up Steve Nash because I knew I was going to get to talk about this at some point, And I just never knew when it was going to be. Steve Nash is the reason I'm a basketball fan. I watched a Lakers-Suns game when I was a, a young uh, spry boy in West Kentucky. And I was like, boy, that's number 13 with the long hair. He's a wizard with the ball. And we're not talking about Washington. I was like, that guy's something else. And I like—I just was enamored by it. Like, I, I could tell. Kobe was the man, like cause TV crew kept talking about him. But I was like, this Nash guy, I was like, I want to hear more about him. And I, I kind of got obsessed with Steve Nash. And I for the longest time growing up, I was a Suns fan. And to be honest, I was a Suns fan until about three years ago, which really sucks. I I gave up on the Suns because obviously they went through some really tough years. And when Ja left Murray and got drafted by the Grizzlies, I was like, it makes all the sense in the world to start following Ja and the Grizzlies. But yeah, I I was a Suns fan through all those tough years, gave up, and uh, yeah, they got really good, which sucks, but it it is what it is. Had to give my shout out to Steve Nash because he's one of my all-time favorites. Obviously had Steve Nash on my list with Magic and Steph. I had Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete doesn't get credit he's, he deserves, and I saw his name on the list. I was like, I'm going to put it on, on there for nothing else but to give him a shout-out. Uh, so, yes, yeah, Pistol Pete had to, had to put him on there. I had Carmelo Anthony, another guy I'm just a huge fan of. Uh, Dirk, like I said, and then Wilt was on my list too because I've seen highlights of Wilt and 4K on Twitter, and I really want to find a reason to tweet him out. Uh, and literally sitting here, I kind of went back and forth between Shaq and Wilt and decided to go with Shaq. So it was very tied in my head between those two, but yeah. Quite a few alternates. This is really fun to put together.
0: Other fun fact, just before we go on, the similar to the Kareem, they banned dunking for him. I remember in when Wilt was at Kansas, the reason you can't inbound the ball over the backboard is because they used to do that at Kansas. That was the play, was to just throw it at the rim to Wilt, and it was unblockable. It, no one could stop Wilt doing that, and he would just get like 50 points a game.
1: I don't know why they wouldn't just do it every play like hey let's just get out throw the ball off their shoulder and let's just throw it up to will I have a fun fact for you as well about the NBA 75 did you know the 2004 Detroit Pistons are the only team to win a championship and not have a player on the NBA 75 list
0: that makes sense and that was uh I had a conversation with my friends about whether Ben Wallace deserved to be in the hall of fame. And I was on the, not on the opinion of, not that he didn't deserve it, but it was antithetical to what the 2004 Pistons were. They were the last and only team to win without a superstar. And by putting Ben Wallace in the hall of fame, yeah, he was a great defender, but he wasn't a superstar. He wasn't an all time, like great, at his position even at the time i mean he was going up against shack i mean there, there was no comparison but that was what the 0-4 pistons were so i i think it's very fitting that we didn't have anyone in that list because really it, none of them really did deserve it but it, it shows how awesome it was to have that team at the uh at the at the top of it, at their craft when i was really getting into basketball too
1: yeah, it was kind of perfect. I was sitting there in a third-grade classroom this morning, and one of my friends sent me the tweet on Twitter. And it was like, the 0-4 Pistons, the only team. And I was like, wow. And I started to think about it, and I was like, really? And then I was like, going through the names, I was like, yeah, none of them are on there. I was like, they were just out there scrapping and winning basketball games. I was like, good enough. It did the job.
0: <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I love the O four Pistons. Love the list, and uh, love the out of the box draft. Uh, happy to happy with my team, and uh, we'll get some social media stuff out there so you can vote on the teams. We're gonna move on to the question and answer segment. I'll get into my question first. Uh, yesterday, we were sitting down talking about the show. Uh, and the USFL draft was going on. Uh, if you guys don't know that the USFL is coming back with a lot of the former teams uh, going to be playing spring football again. And it got me thinking, what does it take to get one of these other football leagues to really work? I mean, what is it that takes spring football to work? Uh, I think the USFL has an interesting chance right now i think there's some interesting eyes on it especially right now but uh my question is are you interested in the usfl and what do you think it would take to make spring football work
1: my interest in the usfl is very minimal i'll be very honest i, I just i had no idea the draft was yesterday until literally it started and i don't know if that's on me or not just not hearing about it. i don't know but i, I had no idea the only thing i had heard about the usfl was jeff fisher was going to coach the Michigan Panthers, who had the first pick, and I had no idea. And we we talked about it. Neither one of us had any clue. So I, I, my interest in the USFL is very slim. If I catch a game on TV, I'll probably check it out. I That's what I tend to do. But I, with spring football, I don't know if the USFL is going to be the one to fix it or not. I, I think what's going to have to happen is whatever league pops up, they're going to have to have an affiliation with the NFL and make it like a feeder system where it's like, Oh, if these guys show out almost like a G league or a minor league or something like that, where it's like, Oh, we know, like if these guys show out, they've got a chance to play in the fall for the Ravens or the Titans or the lions or whoever, where it's like, there's some kind of affiliation. There doesn't need to be 32 XFL teams. I don't know if that there's that, that much, uh, that many players out there that they can get on teams that are viable pros. I, I don't know if that's a thing, but, um, some kind of feeder system where like, I, I, I think that it just has to be associated with the NFL in some way where the NFL can boost it up, put games on the NFL network, things like that. I, It's got to have that connection where uh, a casual fan is like, oh, the XFL. And it's like, they see that NFL shield, like in the bottom of an ad or something, and they, it clicks in their head or the USFL. And they see the the shield and they're like, okay, like these guys are are legit. They've got the They've got the um, backing of the old, the old iron, the, the big dogs, the, the NFL. And I, I think that would make a huge difference for the legitimacy and the, the long-term ramifications of a spring football league. But I, I'd love to see it happen because like, I love football. Like, I was sitting here. I got home at 3.30, and I sat down, and I turned on football highlights. I was watching Tyler Bray highlights when he was at Tennessee from 2010, and that, that's what I did while I wrote my notes. And, like, I would have loved to be able to just turn on a football game. That That's, like, the dream scenario. But maybe if we're going to do spring football, give us, like, two months after the Super Bowl where the the, the hunger for football is, like, you want it. Like, you're like, I, I'm missing football. The last thing we saw was the Super Bowl. Like, in, in that world, the last play we saw was that fourth and one. Joe Burrow uh, tried to get to Jamar Chase, but Aaron Donald was a freaking nature and basically won a super bowl for the rams and we're just sitting here like man i'd love to see more of that and the usfl is like here we go let's ride that that would be pretty cool but yeah i i think the hunger's there it's just they gotta do it right and i think the nfl's gotta back it because they there's never gonna be someone compete with the nfl but hey nfl can support it and that'd be cool
0: yeah i i think everyone wants there to be some sort of alternate form of football because you're right there's always a hunger for football and there's no reason that like fans want to take a break from football I think it's just whether the, the league can get the the right players involved and I like I do like the USFL route and the way that they've done it in the in the past and the way that it seems that they're doing it now is to kind of hone in on the the college appeal of some of these cities and some of these states the Michigan Panthers Uh, You know, drafting Shea Patterson number one overall. Part of that is Shea was a really good quarterback, but part of that is he's going to sell jerseys and and get people in the seats because we know who Shea Patterson is. So I kind of like that route. I think to make spring football work, it's got to be some sort of you know minor league to the NFL, like you said, being affiliated with the NFL, merging with the NFL somehow and becoming like a g-league to the nfl i think we've seen how the nba has utilized the g-league and it's it's the perfect way to do a minor league system i think the baseball system is somewhat broken and we've seen the problems that have come up in the cba uh, and then football just doesn't have it they have practice squads basically so this this could be the perfect middle ground and i think the g-league is the perfect middle ground uh, and i think the USFL could be that league it just doesn't seem like the nfl is very interested in it in in their regards so uh and and i i I get it. Cause it's kind of tough to think like, would you play uh, a season of spring football, then go play another 17, 18 games in the NFL. I mean, obviously the, the players will, but it's kind of, that's very, pretty dangerous. I mean, it's not something that's going to uh, be feasible for every dude that comes from the U S L to go to the NFL. So uh, being able to iron that stuff out is tough. It, it's just going to take the right league, it's just going to take the right league and the right the right people in charge to make it work. And I think, like you said, the affiliation with the NFL is going to be the big thing. If they can somehow make it NFL-affiliated, basically a minor league or G League to the NFL, I think that's the best way you can do it. And I, that's the best way to do it because people want that stuff. I mean, I, I remember, and we were talking about it last week, uh, I saw a, a commercial for a G League Detroit i forget the detroit g league team's name but they were playing the g league unite team and i was like i want to watch that that sounds like it would be a lot of fun i i think it's not obviously the same appeal as the nba or the nfl but you can find people that are going to want to watch that and you're going to be able to find uh the right uh the right audience even if it's just online and not you know, not televised. So um, we'll figure something. I I think someone will figure something out and and we'll get something on that along that lines. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm somewhat interested in the USFL just because I'm interested in the news that's come out about you Like you said, the Jeff Fisher coaching, Michigan, Shea Patterson getting drafted number one, overall, those things are interesting, but that's just interesting to me. That's not to the entire football world. And I, and they've got to do that for every team that they have now i don't know how you make that a sustainable uh business model but i guess we'll see we'll see how the usfl works out from here i'll be watching just as a a football fan and a sports fan but we'll see how it all plays out i'll throw it to you for your question
1: yeah as much as i've loved talking football for half a year like i said last week it's basketball time. Uh, basketball's heating up. NBA's second half's about to start, we're going to talk about that in a little while. But college basketball's in full swing. Like, we are very close to March. Like, Murray State, for example, their conference tournament starts a week from today. We're recording on Wednesday. Starts next Wednesday in Evansville, Indiana. And my question is, I, I was sitting here last Saturday watching uh, Tennessee and uh, Arkansas, and I was getting ready for the game, and I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, they're going into Bud Walton Arena. I was like, there's no shot Tennessee's going to win this game. And Tennessee was ranked higher, everything. And I was like, there's just no way. Arkansas wins at home. That's just how it is. And there's there's certain places like that. And I want to know, what are the hardest places to play in college basketball? And I'll give it to you for your answer.
0: Yeah, I was excited to get into this question because I thought, like, both of us have a different opinions because we've grown up in different parts of the country. We've seen different venues of college basketball as our teams have traveled around the country. Obviously I'm going to give some much deserved shout out to the Breslin center in East Lansing, Michigan state. The, their student section has always been one of the best in the big 10, if not the best uh, they've always been uh, a very solid group. and And it's usually like, the best I can describe it is like when most student sections go away for winter break and, and everyone's, and it's usually the worst crowd that it is. That's when Michigan state's usually at their best. And that's pretty, pretty, pretty amazing to say something about that. And coming from a rival, uh, I have to give some respect. So uh Michigan state's obviously on there. Wisconsin is tough to play at. I know they had a really long home winning streak. I don't remember how long it was, but the, the Wisconsin is very tough to play at. And then obviously Duke is, you know, the, one of the ones that sticks out in everyone's mind. If you don't say Duke, people aren't going to be happy with you, but uh, in my, in my time playing or watching college basketball, I'd say the Breslin center is the toughest uh, in there. I've only seen a few Michigan teams go in there, you know, the Nick Stauskas led teams and the, uh, uh, I don't even think Trey Burke's team w- went in and beat Michigan state at Michigan state. So, uh, and then Wisconsin is very, very tough. The Kohl center has been very, very tough for a very long time. And uh, uh, not somewhere you want to go play on the road, uh, especially down, uh, down the stretch here in the big 10 schedule. Uh, what about you? What are your opinions on the toughest places to play in college basketball? So when, when
1: I thought of this, Three schools immediately popped to my end. I thought about it for this year first, and then I wanted to think of it overall, and it was Auburn, Arkansas, Tennessee. And obviously I'm, I'm biased because I watch a lot of SEC basketball, but I've watched a lot of those three teams, and they just don't lose at home. They're incredibly tough to play at home. Like Tennessee played Arizona at home in December and went up by like 20 in the first half. And Arizona is incredibly good. And you know that if you've kept up with college basketball, they're they're a really good team, legit. And they're a team that a lot of people think could be in the final four or even win the national championship. That team's legit. And Tennessee was it in Knoxville and just did really, really good. Uh, great things with a great crowd, which obviously it's Tennessee. They could be 0-32, and uh, they'd have an awesome crowd. Uh, Auburn being so good, th- the jungle's been crazy this year. And that that place, like Murray went in there in December. When students weren't there, it was like two days before Christmas, and that place was rocking for Murray State to come in town. And that made a huge difference. When Murray's guys got ta- uh, tired, it, that place got rocking. I will never forget, Murray was down by like 13 and Wendell Green nailed a half court shot and that place like went berserk. It's like Alabama just lost the national championship. Like that place lost their mind. And I was like, okay, this this is different. This is an SEC road game. Like that this is why they're 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 just at a different level. Um and then going beyond that, I, I thought Gonzaga has to be included in this. They have won sixty seven straight home games. That you, you can't scoff at that, but it's obvious obviously it's like who's coming to Spokane to play Gonzaga, but you know, I play his own on your schedule. Uh, Belmont. Uh, I, we talked about Belmont a little bit earlier Uh, in Nashville. They're just incredible. They've lost like four home games over the last like 10 years, which is crazy. Uh, Murray was able to go in there in January and win a game there, which was huge. It's the first time Murray ever won in Nashville or went at Belmont in Nashville, uh, which was huge for them. Uh, Texas tech. Right now has a 20-game winning streak at home, which I was like, wow, didn't know that in Lubbock. Uh, But, yeah, I think it really breaks down to you got Rupp Arena, you've got uh, Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas, and you got Cameron Indoor Arena uh, at Duke. And I think it's those three. And I think you can make an argument for any three. Uh, Kansas, I've got the privilege of covering several Kansas games this year. And... It's amazing how Kansas, if if they're if they slip up at home like they did against uh, Kentucky a few weeks ago, the very next home game against Baylor, they beat them by like 40. And I I had to do a little research obviously because I'm not like this Big 12 uh, aficionado. It's like Bill Self has like never lost back to back home games like uh, Allen Fieldhouse. That's insane. That, that like that just doesn't happen with how many games they play. That's an incredible stat. John Calipari didn't lose at rup Arena for like ever. He started to lose more in the last couple years, but still, they don't lose many games at Rupp Arena. And obviously, Cameron or Arena, no one wants to go there and face Coach K and the Cameron Crazies. That there's just so many great places and hard places to play in college basketball.
0: Yeah, and you brought up Kansas. Well, last point I'll I'll make Kansas. Uh, I think it was like. I, I can't remember who covered the K-State-Kansas game last night, but I think it's, like, since, like, 2009, K-State hasn't beat Kansas at Kansas. is some ridiculous number like that. It's ridiculous. Oh,
1: they only win at K-State. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought they pull that off every once in a while. But, yeah, they don't go down to the field house
0: and win. Yeah, that's that's tough. And that's what, what, that is really what shows uh, what, when you pull out numbers like that, it's crazy. And I think Kansas shows that, like, that, that big 12 stretch that they had where they won like 18 or something in a row it's because they won all their games at home it's uh, that's as simple as that uh we'll move on to our final main topic uh the nba all-star game has come and gone nba all-star weekend is over and while we had some fun covering it we had uh our special moments here and there overall it was uh you know Dylan had his piece written on TV sports mag. It was not uh, as exciting of an NBA all-star weekend as we've seen in the past. And it's become a trend with all-star games in general. The pro bowl was the last in the last couple of weeks. It wasn't that great. Uh, The MLB all-star game was fun, but not as great as it's been in the past. That's, that's sort of the theme that we're getting to. And, we wanted to get into it as a question, but we both wanted to get into it kind of in depth. So uh, I'll throw it to Dylan as a question. How do we fix all-star games in professional sports?
1: I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think it's something that is a problem. And I, I kind of talked about that in the in the piece I wrote for tvsportsbank.com. Check it out if you haven't. Um, I feel like a lot of these things with all-star games, we've seen it all. And I specifically like the dunk contest. And that's where a lot of this is stemmed from because like, the dunk contest was so underwhelming this year, which which sucks. And I, the kind of the the nuts and cranny of what I was talking about in my piece was it was lacking that star power that previous dunk contest or skill challenges, whatever you want to point to, had. And like that's no disrespect to Obi Toppin and Cole Anthony and Juan Toscano-Anderson and um, Jalen Green, because so I think at least three. Maybe all of them could become legit stars in the National Basketball Association, but there's guys like John Morant, Anthony Edwards, Zion, a guy like Cade Cunningham. I mean, there's so many uh, names that you could throw in there that are so young, and they can make an impression on lax fans that might check in uh, for All-Star Weekend. They hear the dunk contest, is like, oh, I want to check that out. They maybe they haven't followed the season. They don't know that John ja Morant is having a season that can be considered MVP-like, but they see him do John ja Morant things in the dunk contest, and like, oh, this guy's legit. Or Anthony Edwards, no one talks about him unless he has a viral dunk. He's up there in Minnesota. He's got them as a 70 They see Anthony Edwards do things he can do. Man, that would be awesome. And Zion, if Zion decided he was healthy and would actually do it, that would be cool. That'd just be cool for anyone <laughs> whether they're lax or they watch basketball. And obviously, K being a rookie it'd be, it'd be a nice introduction to him. But going beyond like those things, the, the NBA does a good job of getting a lot of people involved. I think that maybe other leagues don't do as good of a job. Whereas the other leagues, it's like, oh, if you're doing these events, you're also an all-star. You're also like playing in the game, which is good. But also the NBA allows other guys to get it out there. They do the rising stars game, which is really good, which the NLB, I don't know a ton about the futures game, but it, is it like super young guys? Do I understand that right? Like, it's not like, oh, we'll throw out um, a kill, it, It's going to be like a guy in the minors.
0: Yeah, no, I think Torkelson and Riley Green were in it last year. So, like, minor league guys.
1: Yeah, I, that's what I thought. Like, Nolan Gorman for the Cardinals, I'm pretty sure, played in it last year. So, a guy that's playing in AAA or Double A, And that, like, that's good, but it's also, like, not really televised. Like, I'm sure it's on MLB Network. It doesn't get the shine, like, the Rising Stars Challenge that was on TNT. That gets a lot of eyes. That That's something the MLB should look at. And... <laughs> The the NBA, I think, does a really good job. I I do. I think a lot of it's lost its shine, which sucks, but that's just – it gets watered down as we go. They they make such a big deal out of it that it goes on forever, which can suck, but I think the NBA does a a really, really good job, and I think the MLB is right behind them. I think the MLB All-Star game was very enjoyable to watch. The Home Run Derby, I think it's got better as years have gone. I thought the Home Run Derby was awesome. The NFL and the Pro Bowl is just a mess, and they're – like, I – I tried to watch it this year, and I just couldn't. I was like, I can't watch this. This isn't football. And I don't know what they need to do to fix this. I, I've fallen in love with the idea of the two worst teams playing that weekend, and it's like the, the number one pick championship, however you want to phrase it. Like the winning team gets the number one pick. You have those two teams compete, and that like rules out um, tanking. And I was like, I think that'd be awesome because it'd be a competitive football game, and it'd be guys like – at some point you'd have guys like fighting to not lose their job which is good it gives them a reason to want to win and i think that would be really really entertaining and this year it would be the jaguars and lions which i don't think would be a bad football game i think it's it'd be two teams like on each other's level that obviously weren't as competitive with the rest of the league but that game by itself i think would be a decent football game and would have had a huge spotlight it would have kind of got to spotlight some young players. I would be all about that because I don't know what the NFL is going to do. Because if that's their idea of an all-star game, as we go forward, that's going to die. There's no chance ABC is going to want to put that on TV for years to come. Cause I, like, I've never seen like people like together, like turn off a TV as much as I did that day. Like you, you check Twitter on a random Sunday and everybody's like, yeah, I watched one play of the pro bowl. I'm out like that. It was insane. They're just like, I'm good. Um, so they, they've they got to do something and whether it's that which they won't do there's no shot but or like moving to a seven on seven game. Why not like that maybe players will be more open to playing in it because they think the injury risk is down or moving to things like I, I saw someone say we have problems with the pro bowl we got problems with the dunk contest let nfl players do a dunk contest let nba guys play a seven on seven football game i don't know just mix it up have, have collaboration between the leagues there's there's got to be something uh the thing that makes these all-star weekends so great is you get to see the best athletes in the world do what they do best and be athletes and stuff so i i just think there's ways to make it great and we're not fully utilizing, which is frustrating.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It's a very tough. Like you said, there's no clear answer on how to fix this. Uh, I think uh, a lot of these is just like the natural progression of what all-star games are. I don't think... Football all-star games are very sustainable in the future. I mean, in college football, it makes sense because most of those guys, like in the Senior Bowl, aren't like all-stars. They're the dudes that are trying to make a name for themselves and get into the NFL. So it's not the same uh, when you're an already an NFL guy being named to an all-star roster. It's really just being named is the honor and not playing in the actual game is more, is more or less the honor. I, I think it's more honorable to be making an all pro team than it is to be making a pro bowl team. Uh, so I, I don't know how you fix that relationship and how you make the games more competitive because we've tried to do it like the MLB where we used to have it where it would mean what who takes you know the home field advantage in the in the world series and that that didn't fix it and ended up being such a sore spot for fans because no one took it seriously and it's decided home field advantage in the world series when it shouldn't have when better teams should have gotten home field advantage in those situations so uh i don't know how to do it i think with a lot of times like with the dunk contest, it's an up and down thing. We heard some of the gripes about the dunk contest like this all the way up until 2016 when Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine did what they did. And that, that was relatively recently. So it really just takes the right guys getting into the uh, into the dunk contest. I thought Jalen Green and Obi Toppin were gonna be perfect for it, but it just didn't work out the way that we wanted it to, so and ended up not being that that cool. Uh I like you said, I think the NBA does a good job of it with how versatile and willing to change that they are. At times they go too overboard. Like we talked about it with the skills challenge. I had no idea what was going on for most of it because I, I, they change that every year. And at some point you've got to just stick to it and go, okay, this is how we're going to do it so that people know what they're tuning into the next time around. So once you find that, that rhythm, you've got to stick to it and figure it out. But there's a desire for it. I think people want these all-star games to to be something. We all grew up with them being a really big part of our, our childhood. The MLB all-star game was a lot of fun back in the day. Uh, the Home Run Derby still, like you said, is a lot of fun. And when you it shows when you do those events the right way, they can bring in an audience. Even people that don't watch your sport want to watch the best athletes do the best things uh, if it's done correctly. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit above our pay grade to figure out what is going to work for these all-star games, but there's something there. It's not something that we need to abandon just yet. Uh, maybe football needs to figure out a, 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 the next generation way of doing it, but uh, it's not something that we need to abandon just yet, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i interested to see what what goes on in the future.
1: Yeah. And I think with football and the NFL and with the things we learn more and more daily about concussions and injuries and stuff. It's fully understandable if they're like, Hey, let's just abolish the pro bowl. That is completely understandable. Like keep the honor. Like, yeah, I think that's great. Like whatever, again, make it mean nothing. Like I said last week with the Matt Stafford stuff, like I, I don't think a pro bowl should be the thing that like you hold over a player's head and say, like, oh, you made one pro bowl. Sorry, buddy. You can't go to Canton. You weren't that popular. That that sucks. Um, there just there needs to be something else. Whether it's a <laughs> as cool as it would be to play for the number one draft pick, I don't think that'll ever happen. But that that would be amazing. That would I really believe that would get a lot of eyes on that game because there are people that love drafts. Like the USFL draft happened last night, and not many people know much of anything about the USFL, but it's a draft, so people were interested and they're talking about it. So you've got a game where you're playing for the first pit. I don't know. I am all about it. I just, I, I wish they would like even like entertain it, like just do something along the lines of which the NFL. So they're, they're not as thick in the mud as baseball, but they're, they're They want to be close to it. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of things you can do, but football football is in a weird situation with how, how violent of a game football is that it's like, you can't play an all out all-star game where guys are hitting and, all that, because you don't want your top stars to get hurt. That's just not the way to go. But having Trevor Lawrence lead the Jacksonville Jaguars to Detroit and play for the number one pick, I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and like you said, wrapping that up, it's just like having the meaning towards that game because it's clear... At this point, I mean, they at least used to like fake like they cared, but now that it's clear, no one cares. It's more of like a a weekend to get together with most of the elite athletes around the country and just kind of chill and in a nice spot. We want something, a product that looks like you care. And that's really all that matters at this point. Once we get that back. I think all-star games will be in a better spot Uh, moving on to this week in sports uh, with the all-star game wrapping up in the NBA all-star weekend. We are getting into the second half of the NBA season this week. Uh, We're just going to wrap up what we're looking forward to in the second half of the NBA season as it gets started. So Dylan, the floor is yours. What are you looking forward to?
1: Yeah, I, uh, The NBA second half of the season kind of got spicy for me all star night. Um, Chris Paul, it it came out that he's going to be injured, gonna be out for quite a while six to eight weeks. Uh, the Suns are obviously at the top of the West right now, they've kind of had a stranglehold on the top of the West. But with Chris Paul going down, I'm very curious how that's going to affect the Suns because obviously, since he stepped in, the Suns have been awesome and him going down. I assume campaign Murray state racer is going to step up and be the guy at point with Devin Booker and Aiden. Uh, I just don't know how much that's going to affect them. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see that. Uh, and especially with the two teams right behind them, the warriors and Grizzlies being healthy for the most part, knock on wood and the warriors, uh, the, their big three is going to be reunited for the first time since the 2019 finals. And the warriors might get in that mode where they don't lose again. That could very well happen and Wiseman's about to be back. That, that's a scary, scary thing to think about. And the Grizzlies, they're, they're young and hungry and the, they could see, uh, blood in the water with, uh, the Paul injury and they could want to climb up those rankings. And then the last thing with the West, I want to see what the LA teams do. If they can, if they can kind of rally And right now, they'd be in the play in spots, uh, at West. And I, I, no one expected that i don't think i think a lot of people expected the lakers to be where the suns are and the clippers to be really close behind and they're just not they've struggled with injuries all year and things have not gone their way and i'm, I'm interested to see if they can bounce back whether Kawhi and paul george can get healthy ad's gonna be out for a while so can lebron at age 37 and year 18 can he buckle down and do lebron things and get the lakers in an, another playoff run i'm really really interested to see that and then in the east uh I didn't know that this until this morning, but the top five seeds in the East are separated by two and a half games. Uh, that's insane. And then it's, we, we say it's the second half because it's the All Star break, but uh, it's only like 20 games. Like it's not that many games before the playoffs. And the Bulls have had a stranglehold on that uh, East for much of the season, but you've got teams coming for that top spot and I, i'm interested to see if the bulls could hold on to it with that new core that they assembled past this past offseason so i i think there's a lot of things to watch for the standings i feel like every night people are going to have to check those because it's going to be so flux, especially in that east I, a lot of stuff's going to happen
0: yeah. The Eastern conference is wild right now and definitely something to keep your eye on in the second half of the NBA season for sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to that MVP race as it gets down to the end. I think Joel Embiid's kind of taking the stranglehold on the the favorite, but I think there's still a bunch of guys. John Morant could definitely for- force his way into the conversation. Steph Curry obviously has been up there in the conversation and uh, like Seth Horowitz said a few weeks ago, Jokic st- should not be overlooked in that conversation with what he's doing in Denver. He's having another MVP worthy season. So the MVP race is going to be awesome. I'm really excited to see how the players returning from injuries and holdouts. Uh, affect their teams ben simmons is probably going to start playing for brooklyn here at some point uh then once he and kd link up once kd comes back uh we'll have to see how that works out i'm really excited to see how jamal murray uh makes that nuggets team look Uh, we could be talking about how like how did we overlook denver for so long we knew jamal murray was coming back and they were so good without him I think he's going to have a big impact when he gets back. And I think he's going to be back pretty soon. I remember seeing that he was ramping up near once the all-star break was starting. So uh, you can assume he's going to be back pretty close quickly. And lastly, I'm really looking to see what the Lakers and Brooklyn do in this second half of the season. You talked about LA down in that play-in spot. Brooklyn's right down there with them at right around that eight spot. And both of them, like you said, LA is without AD for a while. Brooklyn's still without KD for a while. Uh, They're waiting to see when Ben Simmons is finally going to play his first game in Brooklyn. It's not a guarantee that either of those teams are going to make the playoffs, which if you told us that a few months ago, I would not have believed you, not even for a second, Uh, even with all the injuries and even with all the drama that's happened in Brooklyn. So uh, it's a wild to think that at this point we're, you know, like you said only around 20 games away and they're both in play-in spots for for the playoffs in their respective conferences. That's, that's kind of nuts. So I'm going to be watching to see how those teams go uh, and do down the stretch without a couple of their main guys. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they do.
1: I, I love looking at like how the playoffs would look right now. Do so you get a matchup? You mentioned Denver and I, I kind of forgot Murray's going to be back. Memphis and Denver would be playing a series in the first round right now. That's really exciting. That's like, that would be an awesome series. Denver, Portland has been awesome the last couple of years. That would, I would love to see Memphis and Denver in the first round. They played awesome games all year, throw in Jamal Murray. And that just adds, it just takes it to another level. You have a series like Utah and Dallas, which would be incredible in the East. You'd have a series like Cleveland, Milwaukee that no one expected that, especially with Milwaukee being the lower seed that no one expected that. Uh, and then like Philadelphia, Boston, sign me up another Sixers-Celtics Celtic series. I I'm all for it. And then you've got all the play-in scenarios where you got like Toronto and Brooklyn taking on each other in the play-in Charlotte and Atlanta in that 10 spot, play-in spot, which I don't think anyone expected them to be down there. And then out West, the play-ins wild Minnesota, and the Clippers would be a play in game. And then the Lakers in Portland in another play in game. I, I think there's a lot of exciting variables and a lot of exciting possible outcomes that we could see in the coming weeks and months as we get closer and closer to the NBA playoffs. And as the second half of the NBA season ramps up, I am very, very excited to see what all happens in what is probably the most exciting league in the world.
0: Yep. Really excited to get into it. Uh, really excited for the second half of the NBA season stick right here with the Dylan and Dylan show for more updates on the NBA season. Finally, uh, we will continue with our picks. We're just going to pick some games that we think stuck out to us on the schedule for this weekend. Obviously with the first one, we're going Murray state versus Belmont, the big one, the reason we changed our schedule around, we had to pick this game if we're going to have a chance to. So Dylan between Murray state and Belmont, who are you going with?
1: So, I I have to give a little background. Murray State's been the OVC for 80 years, an original member. This is our last home OVC game. This is a big deal. It's against our biggest rival at the moment. I mean, Belmont Murray has ramped up over the last 10 years since Belmont joined the OVC. I mean, this is a legit big time rivalry. Fans don't like each other, players don't like each other. I don't know if the coaches like each other or not. They probably do. They seem like nice guys. Um, but it, it's really ramped up to a really, really cool li- rivalry. I called the ticket office today to buy tickets. And they're like, Yeah, like there's not many. Like you it's a good thing you called because we're gonna sell out. And I was like, Word, that sounds awesome. Uh, so, I, I'm really, really excited to see this game. They, Murray went to uh, Nashville, played Belmont at, at their place in January, like I said earlier. And, I mean, Juice Hill scored 39 points, which is still a season high, and the OVC just absolutely went off. Since then, K.J. Williams has emerged as the guy that's going to win OVC Player of the Year. I'll say it now. K.J. has just emerged as a star. Since Murray's become ranked and got a national spotlight on him, I just – I really don't see a world where at eight o'clock tomorrow night or tonight on ESPNU, I just don't see a world where Murray State comes out flat and loses this game. I really don't. I think Murray has a lot of momentum with the ranking that when we've been on TV this year, we've come out with passion. We've wanted to make a statement. The only game where it didn't work out was Auburn and it's cause that's Auburn. They're, they're a team that's legit. Belmont is too, but I just, I think Murray, I think Murray's better. And I think they're going to see each other next weekend as well in the OVC tournament, and that might be a different story. But this is in Murray; it's our last home OVC game ever. I think Murray gets the big win.
0: Yeah, I'm going to rely on your opinion for most of this, but uh, I haven't seen Belmont play. I've seen bits and pieces of Murray State play, but we are a Murray State podcast. We got to go with Murray State in this one. I'm going Murray State all the way. Go Racers! Our next.
1: So when I type Belmont in my phone. It auto-corrects to put a capital L in the middle of Belmont, if that lets you know how I feel about them.
0: Well, that's just perfect. They are going to – in my opinion, they're taking the L tonight, if you're listening to this right now. Uh, Gonzaga versus St. Mary's is another – Mid-major game, but very uh, impactful game in terms of uh, college basketball and seating-wise. Gonzaga, obviously the the major program that they are, but St. Mary's ranked the other major team out west. Uh, Who do you like in that game, Dylan?
1: The Zags. I'm going Gonzaga. Like Murray, Murray's a juggernaut this year. Gonzaga's a different level. Gonzaga should be in the Pac-12, which is loaded this year, and they would win the Pac-12. Like Gonzaga's ridiculous. I don't. I no disrespect to St. Mary's at all, but Gonzaga is on a different level. I, I think Gonzaga rips off another win. Who do you have?
0: I've also got Gonzaga. I've I've watched a little bit of St. Mary's and Gonzaga this year. While I think St. Mary's is a lot better than even the St. Mary's teams that have been overrated in the past they're not gonzaga gonzaga is gonzaga so i I, i'm pretty happy and solid to say gonzaga is going to win that game and pretty easily uh lastly in the nba it's warriors versus mavericks dylan who do you got in that game
1: I'm gonna go with Warriors. I think the Warriors are gonna have a big second half of the season. I think it starts with, or it doesn't start. They have a game before that on uh, Sunday. They play the Mass, and I, I think, I think they're gonna get the win there. I think the Warriors are the Warriors. They're, they're back to their old ways. Steph Curry, my goodness, he put on a show in the All Star game, and he's not gonna be able to get those open looks in real games. But it really doesn't matter with Steph Curry. He's always open. Uh, it, he's, he's a silly goose. I think, I think the Warriors are back in form, and they're gonna start rattling off a bunch of W's, and that includes against Dallas. Uh who do you have
0: in that one? I like the Mavericks. I think the Mavericks are a bit underrated at this point in the season. I think uh Luca has been doing his thing and despite, you know. Kristaps's injury and now shipping Kristaps off to Washington. Uh the the Mavericks have been steady. They're well above 500 and a pretty solid. You know, they're going to be in the playoffs this year. Uh, I like the Mavericks in this one. I think this is going to be a really competitive game when this when I saw this on the schedule it jumped off the the screen to me cuz I was like this is going to be fun watching Luka and Steph go at it. Uh, you know, like the the two-time MVP, the MVP, one of the MVP front runners this year and Luka just the future of the NBA and you know the one of the darlings and the young young guns that takes over uh the nba i'd love to see it i'm, I'm going to be watching that game for sure uh that's going to do it from us at the dylan and jones show dylan do you have any final thoughts before we take off
1: I do. I have two things. Um, If you didn't get a chance to watch UConn Villanova on Tuesday night, I highly recommend trying to find a condensed game on YouTube or just the highlights or whatever, because that was classic Big East basketball. And there's nothing I love more than classic Big East basketball. And that game was just everything. I last second decided to write about that game. And I was so happy that I decided to do that because it just brought me joy from first, first tip to Dan Hurley getting ejected for hyping the crowd up to everything that happened at the end with RJ Cole stepping up in every way possible. It was an electric uh, crowd at UConn. It was just amazing. I I had a ton of fun watching that game, writing that game, highly recommend seeking out and uh, trying to watch either highlights or a condensed game, whatever. Just, it was really, really cool. It was a special feeling in a basketball game and also this morning i was sitting here and I, I was on twitter scrolling and i saw tennessee football tweet out of videos like introducing freshman running back justin williams and i was like okay i'm interested he this guy was a four star he picked tennessee over georgia and a couple other schools and i was like i want to i want to meet justin williams and they asked him they're like who do you model your game after that boy oh boy if he's anything like these two guys i'm going to be very annoying for years to come <laughs> Justin Williams said, I model my game after Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry. Dear God, if Tennessee has an Alvin Kamara-Derrick Henry, like, hybrid running back, it's over. We're, we're going all the way. I made sure to screenshot it, and I was like, this guy's going to win the Heisman. Justin Williams, I'm all in. I'm I i, I I'm just, I've, I've put my stock into it. I was like, this guy, he's the truth. I, I love the confidence out of it, and I just had to mention it. But yeah, I, I'm excited for all the all the crazy things in sports coming up. Obviously, ex- excited for the Mercedes Day Belmont game tomorrow. Shoes up, go Racers! And yeah, that's all for me.
0: Awesome stuff. That's going to do it here from the Dylan and Dylan Show. You can find us on social media at Dylan Dylan Show on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Television Sports on Instagram at Television Sports underscore on TikTok and Twitter at underscore TV Sports on Facebook and LinkedIn at Television Sports and on the web at TVSportsMag.com. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a safe weekend and we will see you all next week. Have a good one.